Hello everybody, welcome to episode 20 of the World of Brick Films podcast. I'm your host, William of AW Studios. Joining us today is my good friend and co-host, Sean Wills of City Penta. Hello. And joining us again is uh, Raphael of Blacksmith Films. Hey guys. Hey, welcome back. Finally returned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're not on a one-year absence. <laughs> yeah, one-year absence. It's been that long. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's surprising, all right. Yeah. So yeah, th- this serves as a reunion of sorts. How many episodes has there been? Uh, 20. Wow. That's awesome. Wait, wait, wait. That's really weird. 20 episodes? I'm 20. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Because I thought it was kind of a kind of big milestone. I wanted to kind of mark it by kind of like having an episode one reunion of sorts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, just, I thought that because, um, you know, previously you were um, the host, that we could have a kind of like just ask usual questions. Cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, so uh, when did you actually start brick filming? Um, you know, I'm not completely sure like exactly when, but I have even memories of it. Um, I first started, I think, in 2011, and it was because my friends were into it, and they were part of Bricks in Motion uh, for a little while, and they were making brick films. And I kind of watched their videos and wasn't like too interested in it, but I thought it was cool. And then after a little while, I kind of just got a little camera. Um, it was just a normal camera you take pictures with. And I would just scroll through and just kind of like almost slideshow it and just take pictures. Um, and then eventually I joined Bricks in Motion, I think in 2013. I'm not exactly sure. But after that, I got into watching like Smeagol and a bunch of other brick formers that uh, inspired me. And that's kind of how I started. So, yeah. And cool. so who did you know who was on Bricks in Motion at the time? Was that Builder Brothers? Yes. That was Builder Brothers. They lived like five minutes away from me. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, except they don't do it anymore, though. So it's kind of not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I always tell them. Are they officially out of the game? Yes, they are, which is sad. Yeah, I always want to make a video with them. We were starting to make a, a music video together actually recently. And we had like huge sets. It would look, it was going to look amazing. It was, everything is awesome. And, uh, we were going to have so much going on in that video. is insane. But what happened was he kind of fell through because he stopped making music videos and altogether stopped filmmaking. And he was the, what, the head of the project. So he was doing all the music. So I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a, yeah, that's a shame to hear that, that they're officially out. Yeah. I mean, stop filmmaking altogether. Yeah. He's older now and he's, um, he's focusing on a career and, uh, I think it's computer science or something so i think he has a job now for that so he doesn't okay. really have time anymore um i think that's what's the case uh is there much in the way of um what was that film called that they were working on for a long time is oh there any, like the squire and the scroll that they could share eventually yeah the squire and the scroll unfinished project um i was actually partly thinking of finishing that project for them but there was so much unfinished work and like the script had to be overhauled a lot of it at least um, I think it was the second half and they had the first 10 minutes done and it was 30 minutes. And then they had the, they had actually the first 20 minutes done of animation, but okay. the second part, so it'd be three parts, right? You know, each 10 minutes it was 30 minutes. No, they had the first five minutes done. Then the next five minutes was almost done. It was really close. Then the next 10 minutes of animation was done, but it wasn't, none of it was edited at all. And there was tons of green screen, tons of music still to be done. 
there was tons of stuff. Um, and then the whole last 10 minutes, which was the most difficult, like huge battles and stuff was not done at all. So I was just like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, wow. it would have been really hard to do. Still like to see a compilation of what was done if they yeah. decided to make that. If you want, I actually can text him and tell him that because um, he'll probably release it because at one point when I was thinking of doing it, um, he said he was going to release it. But since that fell through, um, he might just release all that he has now. And I should ask him about that because I know a lot of people um, were looking forward to it. Yeah. So I probably... If, if you would ask him, that would be really cool. No, I could I could convince him to get it online. So, yeah. I think I'll probably get the first five, ten minutes online. I'll ask him. <laughs> For you, especially. <laughs> well, this yeah. is a productive podcast already. <laughs> Yeah, get another book film out just from this podcast, yeah? yeah. <laughs> Our ulterior motive, we just get people on here to convince so wait, them to so release stuff. So that's why you wanted me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I was about to ask, who were kind of like your biggest uh, inspirations when you started out? Oh man, that's a hard one. Uh, like I said, I think it was Smeagol at first, for the first year or two, and then... It was Brotherhood Workshop for a tiny bit when he was making a lot of those Lord of the Rings videos because I love Lord of the Rings. Then once he started branching out for the Lego group and other stuff, I wasn't as interested in his stuff because of the fact that there wasn't as much like storytelling and like I loved his parody videos of Lord of the Rings and like uh, funny gag reels and stuff and just I like those kind of videos a lot. So he inspired me to make a few videos with Clayground and stuff and then eventually I moved away from that. And I think I'm mostly inspired by, after that, let me think. I think Paganimation, because I met him in real life at uh, Bricks by the Bay. And I talked to him for a little while. And that was a really awesome experience. And then from there, I kind of just wasn't really inspired by one person, per se. But just a lot of people in the Brick Film um, community, like Forlorn. I loved his Minecraft series. Oh my goodness, don't even... Get me talking about that one. Um, and then Rio Force. There's so many. I could go on for an hour naming them. So, yeah. yeah. And um, rec- uh, you did recent, uh, relatively recently anyway, by the time we've uh, released this, um, you um, have uh, finally released your uh, Western brick film. Yeah, finally. And... Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah. you were, it's, it took quite a while to make, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I was off and on the project for a while, and I knew I was going to finish it because in the past I've I've um, quit a lot of projects, let's just say, and I was kind of like had the mentality like I'm not going to quit this project because I put so much effort into it already, and I was like, you know what, I'm putting so much effort into it, it's going to take forever to like be released because um, I was just trying to make it perfect. So I kind of just narrowed it down to a shorter runtime because it was going to be longer. I think it was going to be like five minutes, maybe longer. So I made it a little bit shorter so I had a realistic goal um, for myself. And then that's when in like the last two months of production, I kind of just worked really hard and um, just hunkered down and finished it. And I think I... I don't even know when I started. William, do you know when I started on that? (laughs) Because I forgot... (laughs) I think it was actually last year because I remember this time last year we were saying that we could have you on the podcast once you've released it because um, and that was about a year ago now. (laughs) Yeah, it was a long time. I think I had released my Star Wars video, which I wasn't very happy about. And then 
that was the part two. And then I started making that. So I don't know if it was all the way last summer. I'm not exactly sure. Just because I think I started it around Christmas. I'm not exactly sure. But um, yeah, when I started that, I didn't really have a story. It was more like a montage of me just trying to show cool sets. That was about it. <laughs> and I just want to make the sets like bigger and better, basically. And then I tried to come up with my own horse animation style. And that was one of my main things that I was trying mm. to focus on. Because I had watched so many videos of people where they were just sliding across the bricks. And I was just frustrated with that. <laughs> and I was like, people are going to hate me for this if I do that. So I kind of approached that by making it as if a kid was playing with them. Because I uh, thought yeah. that, you know, in the Lego movies, the way the characters move are so cartoony, right? And it's kind of imagined of how someone would play with it, right? So um, I took a video of myself um, using just my hands with the horses going. Um, just making a move in like an actual video. And I made it just like if I was playing with the horse. And then I kind of took that motion and then just transferred it onto my animation. And it worked really well, which I yeah. was happy about. I think it's... Um, yeah, I really loved the horse animation. I think it was... Um probably my favorite part of the uh, actual animation yeah yeah i love the horse animation as well we were talking with uh plong in the last episode about how it felt like you were kind of animating them as if you were playing with them yeah and that really translated really well oh yeah yeah that was my that was my goal <laughs> yeah um i which... certainly think it's a good piece of advice to um get some live action reference footage for oh definitely how you want the animation to look yeah in my the next film i'm making i'm going to try to do that for most of the stuff because i've realized that in any shot that I've done, having that extra planning beforehand just makes the shot like 10 times better. Because when I go in and I just make stuff up, like it might turn out okay, but the motion and just the way it's going to overall look is just going to be so much more well executed because of that. So it brings more of a sense of timing to your characters than if you're just doing it on your own. Because as you know, a lot of brick performers just follow ease in and ease out rule. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> sometimes things can look so smooth and kind of like stuck to bricks like you feel like the character stuck to like gravity in a sense where in a lego movie you're not supposed to follow the rules of gravity you know what i mean so yeah um because when a character's being cartoony and looks like a lego movie they're not really following the rules of gravity in a sense so um whereas i think when you ease in and ease out all the time everything looks really fluid and everything doesn't look very good let's just say <laughs> well it's, it's funny because i think um that's something you've really kind of like sort of improved on like uh you know over time because i remember um really in liking your um september fest brick film was um, that a case of the year yeah, yeah yeah um and it was kind of funny that uh once i looked back to look back at it after looking at like um your more recent stuff i realized there was a lot of like easing in and out yes um and um apparently i think i was kind of i tried to kind of emulate that style originally yeah. Um, just like really smooth because I thought that was like what you're supposed to do and it's appropriate in like certain parts I think it depends on the scene like if you're having action it's uncalled for like it's just gonna look horrible yeah. um and I think f like now after seeing that and I've looked back at that too and I've noticed that um and a lot of my videos had that and it, it was probably because of the fancy pants tutorial ease in ease out <laughs> and and his looked better than mine of course like he uses it very well um and i think a lot of us when we think of ease in ease out we kind of think we have to take more pictures than we actually do you know like you think it's got to be really smooth whereas yeah. i've seen even in like you know silly penta like i've seen in your videos 
you kind of like do have really big jump between frames and it looks amazing like it looks like the characters are actually conveying like emotion and feeling whereas when you're kind of thinking that you need to take more frames to something makes to be smooth it makes everything look grounded and very like smooth in a sense but not alive you know mm. Yeah, but I mean, I I do use the principle. Yeah, like after oh, yeah. a very large jump, there will be a couple of frames. Yeah, where it slows down, and it, and that makes the large jump look good. But yeah, I guess when, I'm not doing it across the entire movement. Yeah, yeah. No, I just think most people think that when they think of the ease in ease out, a lot of people think of that very very like smooth animation, but not yeah. very like active or alive. I guess you could say not very like uh, quirky or you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's it's yeah. like robotically perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think I... you have to do, you have to do everything in moderation, and I think yeah. definitely you have to do that in moderation, um, easy in and out, because um, I think people things people forget is that it's only one of the rules that you need to apply by yeah. when it comes to animation. It's not the the golden rule. It's just well, yeah, that, that's kind of how people started to treat it for a while there. Isn't there? Well, there's the twelve rules of uh, twelve principles of animation, right? And then isn't there like eight that apply to like stop motion with Legos or something. I'm pretty sure there's well, eight. I've never heard anyone sort of nail down like Lego stop motion rules. Yeah, there's there's certain ones, but yeah. I think Rio Force used to show me the principles of animation and I was like, what the heck is this? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is cool. It's like, I should try this. And then I realized everyone else was doing it and I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. The thing that I've always felt anyway, like the, the more I've kind of like, I guess, honed my skills, the less I've actually thought about it. Because yeah. I think you kind of like you start to like notice like, but well, once you pay attention, if it naturally looks good, um, and if it looks good, then it will be um, well probably anyway applying to the to the walls. Yeah, I think what like makes animation good in a sense is like I know when I was younger, like we all did this, like oh I need this character to walk to here. Let's just make him walk the whole way. <laughs> and just like mechanically, right? Well, what happens is your scene has no emotion, no character of any kind. He's just walking. But you think that's great, right? You think that's what you need to do. Um, and I think a great shot, any shot, is the one that conveys like the character through the animation and through the movements and the emotion of the character, you know? Um, and I think a brick film that, like a really good brick film, I think brick films could be better if they approached everything that way. So every shot, even the camera movements and how they tell the story, with just the camera itself could make the film so much better. Mm. Um, I th- yeah, I agree. I do sort of think that um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make about brick filming is that there should be kind of like set ways of animating particular things because yeah. I think really you should try and adapt your own style. And one of the yeah. things that I feel like I, I, I encourage people to kind of um, sort of re- remove themselves from was the whole idea of the, the four-step a walk cycle that kind yeah. of thing you know yeah. I think you can yeah. find your own type of walk cycle and I think depending on you know what kind of mood uh, you're going for what kind of like uh, if they're in a sort of hurried pace or whatever you know I, I think like the four um, frame walk cycle works if they're kind of like um, walking quickly it doesn't really work if you're kind yeah. of trying to do a, an epic shot if, if you know what I mean yeah oh yeah and I think that, like you said, there shouldn't be a set of rules in a sense for that. Like, it shouldn't just be that, you know, four frames. And I think that that can be applied to every single thing you do. Like, Mm. a lot of people have, like, a set of frames. Like, oh, it's this many frames for this movement or this movement. And 
I think every single shot should be completely different in the sense that um, every movement and every amount of frame should be uh, unique to what you're trying to do and achieve in that shot, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it, I mean, you could give every character their own walk cycle. Yeah, yeah. It comes it's pretty too. standard in, like, traditional animation. Oh, yeah. And, well, it gives them their character. Um, d- did you guys know that in the Spider-Verse movie that Miles is animated at 12 FPS for most of the movie and his frame rate goes up all the way to 24 by the end of the movie? Do you know huh. that? No, it's because uh, his character is like very like not fluid at the beginning and like unexperienced, and so they use that to their advantage. By the end of the film, when he's accepted like he's Spider Man and everything and his powers and all stuff, and he's like good at it, he's twenty four frames per second, and he's catched up with all the other characters. Hmm. It's really so interesting. It's kind of like a, a way of expressing character development through animation. Yes. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, it's just cool because it shows the way um, he progresses. And the way like his experience progresses to the movie, you know, because at first he's just this kid that doesn't know anything about his powers or how to use them. So he's very like um, they do that with animation by making him very choppy and like more cartoony in a sense, I guess you could say. Whereas the other characters are very experienced. They're very smooth and calculated where he's not. And then once the film progresses all the way to the end, it's really cool to see the transformation of him. Not just in his character in the storyline, but also with the animation. Yeah, yeah, they're they're thinking about how to use yeah. the animation as part of the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. which it makes the film so much better. I really need to see um, Into Spider Verse because I haven't <laughs> actually seen it, <laughs> and I've oh. heard so many amazing things about it. And yeah, I need to see it. <laughs> Have you seen it, Silly Panther? Uh, I haven't actually. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's very it's very unique. I think they uh, did a good job. And one thing I did notice from the trailers was that um, compared to everybody else, Miles Morales um, did look like he was much more, much choppier. And I could is. see that that was kind of like his character. Yeah, if you watch the trailer, you can easily tell. Yeah. Um, like, it's weird because if you were just watching it, you wouldn't re- like you would realize he is, but you wouldn't connect it to the other characters. So you wouldn't mm. actually think of it unless they told you because you're just like, oh, that's just the way he's animated. But then you didn't don't realize that he's much smoother by the end of the movie. So. That's actually really cool. Um, did you have any more questions? Um, yeah, actually, I was, I was uh, I guess, related to what you were saying earlier. Um, I was wondering, um, do you do a lot of, like, storyboarding uh, when it comes to pre-production? Um, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I, I have done storyboarding once for one video, and that was my Lego Ninjago video that I won... Uh, some it was the, the rebirth contest and so my friend actually storyboarded for me because i hate drawing like I, well, I like it but i don't have time for it um with like all the other parts of the process so if i'm gonna do any storyboarding beforehand i'll just write it out really detailed or i'll take like pictures with my camera um beforehand that's about it or like i said i don't need storyboards that much if i'm taking a lot of reference video um, yeah. at least for myself so yeah I don't usually do storyboards but I would if I thought I had enough time to do it <laughs> I'm guessing you spend a lot of time uh, setting up the shots in camera yes that's yeah. for me that's my main thing is that I don't start animating until everything's in the right place or it's what I imagined it to be otherwise I'm kind of like this is just going to look I'm not going to be happy with it you know I could, I could totally tell that from the western video where every shot seems like it's been you know worked on yes yes i 
took several camera angles um, with that shot and just kept moving the camera around until I found something because I was finding that I couldn't, you know, see all the buildings because I didn't have like a, you know, I didn't have a 360 of like all the buildings. It was just like, I don't know, it was like half of a rectangle of buildings, you know. So mm. I had to angle the camera in a certain way where I could see everything. And I actually, in the background of the first shot of the film, there's a church of some kind. And I ha that was not built at all. That wasn't supposed to even be there. But I had the shot and I was like, I like this angle, but there's nothing there. So I literally mm -hmm. just threw it in. And then I was like, hey, it fills it out. That's fine. So that's what I do. I kind of just um, build the sets. Like I find a camera angle and then build the sets around the camera angle and say like, hey, I like that. That's what I usually yeah. do with my, uh, with my shots. I love uh, layers of buildings and brick films. Oh, yeah. I wish it certainly I... makes the world seem more alive. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to expand on that in my next video because I uh, when I was making that, I didn't really want to spend any money on buying bricks. <laughs> and a lot of my bricks aren't weren't sorted very well. And so it's hard to find stuff. But now I'm sorting all my bricks by uh, color and but by a mix of color and piece, not exactly. Um, so I can find everything. And then I want to create, like you said, more layers of buildings in my next video just to make it more like expansive and seem like you're actually immersed in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm quite surprised to hear that though. Cause I totally thought it was a, a very brick linked brick film. Yeah. Oh, I, all the, like, brick I pattern assumed bricks. it was. Yeah. No, I don't think I, I don't think I bought any bricks. Wow. I cool. might've bought like one or no, I don't think I did. I don't think I bought it. So, so you've actually got a pretty decent collection of Lego already then. Yes. I have not like a huge amount, but, um, I have a lot of like basic bricks. Mm. and a lot a lot of black gray mostly so i'm trying to build up on like more of tan colors red and brown because i'm making a ninja film next and i need more of that i don't want just every single thing gray it's going to be like no <laughs> yeah uh, i think brown is one of the best colors to have I, oh, i've got I've, i i ended yeah. up having to buy um a load of um brown um for a commission project and uh, yeah. I'm so glad I have them now because I, I just use them all the time I love yeah. them <laughs> I mean it makes sense I mean this would so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think what really could be benefited in set design itself is just not making flat walls if I see flat oh, walls yeah. in the video a lot like it depends if there's a lot of stuff on the walls you know that's fine but um or if the room has some type of uh like furniture and stuff to cover it up or to make it look like an actual house that's fine because i mean in reality a lot of people's walls aren't Are like flat, really, yeah. yeah they're flat they're not like really <laughs> intricate um but the reason why i kind of aim towards a western per se is that like i didn't have to be inside <laughs> most of the time because um, it's just more fun to me animating outside i love doing outside lighting and uh and that's also why my next video is going to be uh, a ninja video is because a lot of it can be outside with like good scenery. And when I'm inside, Japanese stuff is not <laughs> no flat walls. Like <laughs> it's very intricate. So that's why I kind of like aim towards it because I think you, it's kind of unexplored. Yeah. Um, I guess you cool. could say in the Lego uh, animation as a storytelling medium, I guess you could say. So, yeah. With the, the the sets I make, I tend to make a lot of flat walls, but I like to add a lot of yeah. stuff on the walls. Um, I like to have like um, I like really making like I like making furniture and like um, picture frames. cupboards and picture frames. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh yeah, because then you make the scene come alive and 
you make it feel like a home or you know a doctor's office or whatever you're building yeah you can really immerse the the audience and yeah when i was making the cowboy video i think my main two objectives for the video was our main three i think was just to kind of like make you feel like it was somewhat of an expansive world like it was that actually a world um and i think the biggest thing that makes that realistic is really the uh the lighting and the uh the depth of field mm. yeah i think if you do those well you can make your film can be a lot more immersive i don't think you need many uh as big as sets um if you do it right actually i wanted to mention i don't know if you if you saw laney's entry to the summer contest that just came out recently oh yeah i just saw it that's great that was that stuck out to me because it has yeah. like stylistically flat sets yeah you know i mean it like, can the, the sets are flat and white and the floors are flat but it, it seemed like it was all deliberate to me yeah and i think that goes really well to like a st- like if you think of like a sterilized building or yeah, like, like in the future office. Like, everything would be... I don't know. When I think of the future, or I think of, let's say, just a building that's very sterilized, you think of something that's very flat and, like, white or gray. You know what I mean? You kind of think of that. And I think it lended well, very well to her story that she was trying to convey in the the brick film. So I think there's definitely a place for flat walls. But I think since so many brick films have been made with flat walls, people have gotten, like, sick of it. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? Yeah. You know? It's like that just the classic flat wall of just a flat wall on the guy. You know, I think that <laughs> yeah. you know there are there are certain ways you can make a, a flat wall interesting, like have a a disgusting mark on a on a wall, something like that. You know, <laughs> 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 oh, well, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not going to defend the Benny and Lee set because you know I made that um, in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but your story it matches with your story, I think, um, and I think it kind of lends well to that. And like you've made like better walls since then, like a lot better. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I find it awkward to talk about like uh you know set design and stuff because I feel like the the films that I have released don't show the uh the standard I'm working at now. Yeah, like I'm making a film now that's so much better than anything I've shown. So if I if I'm talking about like oh yeah, I'm doing this with set design or whatever, if people look at my films they're going to be like no you're not. <laughs> I think yeah. um I mean again, I I I suppose you can't really say too much without spoiling anything, so I'm not going to say too much. But I've just seen like what you've what you've been working on, and uh, yeah, it, it, let's just say it's it's quite uh, um, a removal from what people associate with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing that one. Yeah. And I, I've 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 been hesitant to share a lot in public, and yeah, this is I guess it's kind of funny. I was actually inspired by your western film to not share anything because when your film first <laughs> came out i watched it yeah and i was i was i was looking at all the shots and i was thinking all these shots are really nice but i saw them all on discord i know <laughs> <laughs> so I it, like the effect was diminished on me and i don't want to uh, do the same with my own film yeah i know what you mean yeah i've done that a lot and i think the reason why is because i feel like i have this urgency urgency to show something even though I'm like now, like, what? Why would I even show that much? Like, everyone. I mean, like, I, I totally already... get it though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone's yeah. like, I've already seen this shot, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think what's nice about making a longer film, if you make a longer film, you can still show a decent amount, and then still mm. a lot of the movie has not been seen. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you can reveal. Like, if I'm gonna do something, 
like my next film, I'm probably just gonna if I release stuff, it's probably not gonna be actual shots, more so than behind the scenes. Because when you get a behind the scenes picture, you can kind of see the set and stuff, and it it's just cool seeing the behind the scenes process. But you're not gonna actually see the uh, like shot itself, you know. So yeah. the shot could look totally different because like light, lighting, camera angle, everything makes a shot look so much different than an actual just a wide shot of like a set above it or something. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. in the future, if I do release more stuff, I'll probably make a behind the scenes video or something. Uh, generally, I think I've probably got I've done it so I do it less and less often now with like sharing yeah. sharing stuff. But I when I was making Avan episode five, I really wanted to kind of prove that this was not like Avan episode four. That you know, like because I think between like you know episode four and five, I feel like I've really sort of honed my skills a lot in like set design and cinematography and stuff. I really wanted to kind of prove that you know this is not like what you've seen before kind of thing. And also yeah. as well, I think I wanted to kind of like um, show that I actually was working on it because yeah. it's take it took like well over a year, and you know I think when you're working on a really long project. I think you, you kind of want to show that it's being done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you want to remind people that you, that's you're actually partly, working on it. Yeah, yeah, that's partly how I felt while I was releasing stuff, and then afterwards yeah. I was done. I was like, man, this is not as long as I thought it'd be, and I'm like, uh, I, was kinda, <laughs> I was like, man, should I do this or make more? <laughs> but yeah, I get it though because every time I finish a shot that I've been spending some time working on. I immediately want to share a frame with everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have to hold myself back now. Well, it's funny because a lot of people that let's say they have more time or they're not as like a perfectionist as like us, you know, or in general, they can just make brick films faster. <laughs> um, they'll, by the time you release a shot, they'll release a whole video. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're just like, yeah. dang it, I want to be like this person. Like I want to release more, you know? But I think you have to find like a middle ground of like quality quantity i guess you could say but for me i kind of always go towards or at least recently i've been going towards quality because whenever i post a brick film that i'm not happy with in some sense like you're never gonna be perfectly happy happy with something because you know nothing's perfect and no one's yeah. perfect but um i think there's a level of like if you release a brick film you're not happy with you literally just want to delete it off your page you know you're just like this sucks so much you're like I that one shot, you know, you know when you see things like you could have fixed, you're like, man, this is just gonna be tainted like on all the films I make. People are gonna see this, you know, and yeah. I think that's partly why a lot of us like take long time to release films because to make something good, it's not easy um, with brick films, especially like to the standard that uh, most people now think of a brick film because now the standard is pretty high. Um, yeah, it is really high. Where it used to be not near as high, uh, especially in animation and lighting, because a lot of the brick films in the past didn't have like as good as animation, but you could like stay engaged through story and the sets, um, and especially they didn't have as good as like camera quality, and you know as well as like anyone that the more you bump your camera quality up, the more detailed your sets have to be, and the like the more clean they have to be, the more everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I think yeah. it's kind of like it's this this thing of as soon as you improve one thing, you have to improve yeah. everything. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is like even when you're editing, man, it really stinks when you're editing a picture that's 4K because <laughs> you're <laughs> one little flaw, and you're like, dang, I can see that thing so clear, you know. And before, if you got a, got a webcam, you know, you can't see it, 
So it's <laughs> like, oh, that's fine, whatever. But with 4K, like every single little like nuance in the frame is like, you can see it. Yeah. But yeah, it totally snowballs. So the project I'm working on at the moment, I knew I wanted to have a big set. And as soon as you have a nice set, you, you know, you say to yourself, okay, well, I can't photograph it poorly now. Yeah. So I have to upgrade my camera and get a bunch of lenses and I have to get Dragon Frame to work with the camera. And then, you know, then you're trying to photograph it and you're saying, well, now the camera's good and the set's good, but you can't just light it terribly now. And then so, it's a never-ending cycle of you can't yeah. get the film done because you just want to make it perfect. <laughs> and that's my problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It stinks that way. But And you know what else is bad? Is that then you spend so long working on it and you've seen all the shots over and over and over and over again. And then, then they don't have any effect on you. You just they look don't. at it and you're like, is this good? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but then everyone else seeing it for the first time is like, this is amazing. And you're just like, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, but it's really good. You know, I think that's yeah, the... But then like five or ten years down the line, you look back at it and you're like, oh, it was good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, when that's the thing, that, that the curse of working on something for months is that you yeah. spend months and months looking at every single frame and you see this kind of like like a, a hair or some tiny flaw, which um, yeah. makes you hate that shot. And then as soon as you share it, like no one, no one notices, you know, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, you're, you're, you're constantly trying to find a, a, a reason to hate what you've just done. <laughs> I think the biggest thing of like making a really good film and avoiding that is like planning everything out so well that once you do it um it's done so well that you don't have to look back and you're not always looking back at stuff and looking for things um i think that would help a lot hmm. i think it's kind of funny i think one of the the obviously the most crucial part of the process and the one which is most varied is the pre-production and yes it's funny yeah. that like the more like I've I've been sort of thinking about it like I mean a lot of these things I've been working on for like let's say like a couple of years and uh, I look back at it now and sort of think oh I, I really wish that I had the same mindset when I started this as I do now because I would have I wouldn't be in the having these kind of like problems right now like you know like two years down the road and I think it's kind of like I don't know it, it, it's something that I think once you kind of worked out your way of doing pre-production mm -hmm. That's when you you really start to to improve, I think, like yeah. as a whole. And I think that goes for like every part of production, because like me, um, on a lot of my videos, my editing isn't that great, and I need to get better at that, or have, or pay someone to edit it. It's actually good. Um, <laughs> and I think the big part with pre-production is that I haven't done that very well in the past. A few videos I've, I think my biggest. My most successful one for pre-production was definitely the cases of the year because I had people helping me with the script, um, and that helped a lot. Because when someone helps you and you collab, like it's so much easier to like put that into film. When if you do it by yourself, you're like, let's just do this, and then you realize, oh, that was a bad idea later. But if someone else helps you with it, they might be able to point out those bad ideas and change it before it ever gets on screen. So yeah, I think that helps a lot in pre-production mm. is having people to like you know, throw ideas off. Probably also helps you to uh, like the finished product. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you think about like working with people and and hopefully he had a good time doing so. Oh, yeah. Um, and films are so much better. <laughs> just with a, a crew, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. When you're, when you're just doing it by yourself, you only see it from one perspective and that perspective can get kind of narrow in a sense. Um, 
And I think that when you have more people in the project, it just brings more creativity, you know, more insight. Yeah. I think it's, um, well, currently now, I'm sort of working on, like, a, a, a massive collaboration, which um, I kind of, like, it's, it's under wraps. I'm not, I'm not going to kind of, like, uh, sort of spill the beans too much. But it's kind of like, a, you know, we're, we're, I'm working with Penta and, like, lots of other people, you know, together. And, yeah. and it's, and I'm, I think it's really the first time I've really worked on a major project where there's a lot of people kind of working with the sort of creative side of it. And it's, I'm really seeing the, the benefits of just like having some time just to talk about ideas, really, you know, and just like coming up with some things that you wouldn't be able to do just by yourself. Well, because I think with more people, you can refine it more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like when you're, when you're going over script, when you're just thinking about it, you don't have anyone to talk to and to like say, hey, what do you think of this idea? And then they'll point out a problem, right? And so there's less plot holes. There's less problems in the script and dialogue. Like right now I'm writing my script and honestly it would suck if I was doing it by myself. I have a friend um, that's helping me with it that has taken some like script classes I think and uh, they're pretty good at script writing and every time they make a suggestion I'm just like, dang, maybe you should be writing the script. <laughs> and like I was just like literally I told them like, you know what, you can change anything you want because you're just way better than me at it. Um, in terms of like dialogue and stuff so I think it, it helps a lot because any film in like the industry is not made by one person and a lot of those films suck too so um, <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> and so like when something's really good you have to get the best person um, that is like the best at that job you know and then it can elevate to a whole new level mm-hmm. I think that is kind of like when you really put things into perspective if you're trying to do everything by yourself, you're doing something which in the actual industry would be done by thousands of people. Yeah. So there is no, there's no wonder why we we suck at something because we, we do. I mean, there's yeah. always something that we're not good at. Um, and obviously in, in the industry, everybody's the same. You know, if, if you try yeah. to get a director to edit something, there's a big chance that it's going to be edited really badly, you know, and yeah. you, you, you hire professionals who specialize in just that thing um and i mean yeah i mean it, obviously the there's a there's a massive benefit from just getting like just a couple of voices just to tell you if something's good or something's bad you know whatever you know yeah i mean sometimes i think about how amazing it is for really rock solid good brick films to get made by one person because you know it requires one person having a particular interest in the animation itself in the cinematography, in the editing, in image editing, in sound design, <laughs> you know, so many different aspects that in the actual industry, you have one person for, for each. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of those, like, I know Mind Game, I think he's a great example of that. Um, yeah. Where he's like super good at each individual. Yeah. Model. It's just like, like, who is this? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I could do that, but. I think it helps with like you probably can do that with smaller projects, um, but I think once you get really expansive, like you just can't do it because um, the the amount of work is just insane. Because like you know what it takes to make a small polished project, like it's so hard, it's not yeah. easy, especially if it's like really polished. And so if you make a big polished project, like you need more, you know, yeah. more help. Well, I think what's really remarkable is just that having the the actual interest to make them all that good. Yeah. Mm. 
you know, it's easy to say that it's theoretically possible to do so, but yeah. it's very rare to find somebody who's really interested enough to get them all to that level. Well, yeah, and um, it takes it takes so much longer to not just because of the fact that you're just one person, but also because if you're bad at it, you got to learn how to be better at it. You know, and that takes time yeah. too. <laughs> so it's like it takes ages to learn something. Yeah, yeah, you got to learn how to do it better. And uh, the nice thing about having people also helping you, you can take more time, to, like putting more effort into the set building or like, you know what I mean? Other parts of the process that will make it really good. I think um, for me, one of the things I can definitely see I'm probably behind compared to like most of the stuff for me would probably be script writing because I haven't actually written a full screenplay uh, for like coming up, coming close to two years uh, because obviously the, the big projects that I work on with that have big scripts uh, take years to make. Yeah. So, once I get back to having to write another episode of Batman, I'm gonna find it really painful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because I, I, I kind of, I, I, I do kind of hate script writing. <laughs> well, script writing is very painful because you just want to get to animating. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just want to light the shot. You're like, I don't even care. But then you realize the film's not gonna be near as good without it. And the other painful thing about it is that you gotta go through it a bunch of times. You know what I mean? You gotta. Write, write the whole thing, then go back through it, fix problems, and you're just you just can't wait to get to the next, you know, part. You just can't honestly, as a brick filmer, you just can't wait to finish the video. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I think that um, there is a, a a big reason why a lot of my films are very visual, like storytelling, rather than yeah. like speak uh, talking and dialogue. It's it's literally because I can't stand writing a line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, and, you I mean, know, I, I'm yeah. thinking that mine, mine for the longest time were probably the opposite uh, for <laughs> similar reasons. Because, you know, yeah. the Benny and Lee set is terrible. And for a long time, the animation of Benny and Lee was really basic. But I guess I always just thought, well, it's at least it's funny. <laughs> yeah. You're just There's like, yeah, at least I don't have to do tons of animation. You know, I'll just, I'll just make it hilarious. I mean, it is funny, though. I mean, you, but, got, um, you got that, so... That's possibly why I'm. I've been upgrading everything else with what I'm working on at the moment. Is that I didn't write a word of it, so yeah, <laughs> probably because of that reason I'm, I'm focusing on the sets and the cinematography. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the animation. Having a having a project where you get to completely skip one major part of the process, it allows you to kind of just like focus on what are these things that I just haven't. I just don't usually have the time to really focus on i think that's just really nice yeah i think for myself i don't think i've ever seen a brick film that had like a how would you say this that had like a good storyline and that was like a long brick film with like every single part of the process done like really well and well copyright (laughs) (laughs) um and i think that that's kind of what i'm trying to focus on right now but not like that long because i mean that would just take forever but i think making something of that quality even if it takes like two three years like i think in a sense it's worth it because once you're done with it and if you actually can do it of course (laughs) um (laughs) once you're done with it you kind of done something in a sense no one's ever done because i think every brick film like at least most brick films i've seen don't have every single part of the process up to like an insanely high level and that has been in, like super engaging for me. Um, yeah, I think um, sort of thinking about it now, I feel like when 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 the time comes, if I have to do another 
kind of script, I probably will kind of think about uh, just talking to, you know, a few people that I, that I admire. It's like, you know, people that I feel like, oh yeah, you know, you, you could write a good script. Yeah. Just just to see what they say, you know? Yeah. Because that will definitely help and make and just motivate me to actually get, you know, just, just uh, get, survive that horrible process of writing a script and actually get onto the good stuff, you know? Yeah, and I think right now, like, I think for myself, because when I was making my cowboy video, I was very, like I said, off and on while I was making it. And I was thinking that, like, hey, if I could make something a higher quality than this, but, like, be on the project, like, whenever I can, like, how much longer and how much better can I make something? Mm. You know? Yeah. Because um, I've never been consistent with stuff. Uh, like, the only video I think I ever was consistent with was the case of the year because I had a script and people were dependent on me because they wrote a lot of the script from Mixed Emotion. So I was like, dang, shoot, I got to get this done. Uh, and so every single day I was just there for hours just animating. Um, and I think that helps a lot when you got when you got people depending on you to make the project that like a lot of people are helping on it. Because then, then you have like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? They're relying on you to make this and they've put yeah, their it's... own time and work into it. So you go like... It's a super motivating factor if you oh, actually it's, I think it's the have most to do it for someone else. Yeah, I think it's the most motivating factor when you're making a brick film. Because um, you can be motivated like by yourself. Oh, I want to make the best video ever. Or I want to do this. But that kind of can die out pretty easy. Um, yeah. Which has happened a lot with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, William, do you have any more uh, questions? Or did you want to move on to the Brick Film Showcase? I don't actually know um, by the moment. I think it's quite early to start, start showcase. Is there anything that you want to ask, Penta? Well, there was just one thing I wanted to say in regards to the project that you alluded to a little while back. Uh, just kind of to like cap off that point, I guess there was there was one aspect of the story that kind of was brought up by other people, like one angle to approach it from, and I thought it was the worst possible idea, and that it like at any cost it shouldn't happen essentially. But the more the idea got refined, uh, I started to think that it was the best idea, and and would make it it like much much more interesting project entirely. Yeah, uh, and so I was kind of surprised by that, and it, yeah, it just goes to show how multiple perspectives and people yeah. working on refining ideas can yeah, and really I think, change a project. I think an example of that is like I don't want to be mean, but like an example of a brick film that wasn't exactly like was well made, but wasn't well scripted or well um, advised by people that actually were good at it was Bound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being mean here. Um, the film technically is like really good, you know what I mean. But like yeah. in terms of like script, um, I felt like I it was just not engaging. You know what I mean? Like personally, I yeah. like the message; it's nice and everything. But it's kind of like I didn't feel engaged. I felt like it led up to like this like showdown, and then it didn't pay off. And it was kind of like, yeah, that was decent. You know what I mean? I was yeah. kind of. I was disappointed when it started becoming very goofy because I yeah. think like the first like yeah. 10 minutes kind of were, it, it was this really kind of like serious gritty film. And so all of a sudden they were kind of like referencing how the Lego and it kind of all just went a bit. I mean, uh, it is yeah. a great, it's a great piece of art yeah. in a sense, but it, of course it has, it, it doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Like, I've the, certainly the, heard complaints over the script and tonal inconsistencies. Yeah, the film doesn't uh know what it is. And I think even the creators didn't exactly know what uh they were going for. And I think 
like Greg, like if he was to make it now, it would be so much better. Because I think he's learned and he's way more experienced now than he was. I think, um, like, I think it's a very clear mo- um, sort of um, clear sign that, you know, um, sometimes you can spend so much time on a project really honing the skills and making something that looks really good. Like, I mean, like, I'll be bound. I mean, it is technically, you know, a really masterful work. Oh, yeah. And I think you can really see that, that a lot of work went into that and a lot of time. And within yeah. that time, you've still got the original script that you had years before. Yeah, you didn't and refine think, it as much, yeah. Yeah, and I think I remember him saying that he actually wrote the script when he was um, 15. And I yeah. think it does show. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah, as far as I know, it was written in 2009, I think. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it definitely shows. <laughs> um, I mean, the film's amazing still. I could never make a film as big as that unless I had like an insane crew and stuff. And bricks. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's still amazing but like that's what i was saying about like i haven't really seen a brick film that like captured all like the points that i would want to see in a really good film let me think of a really good film like i don't know gladiator or some like you know lord of the rings or something that's like very well made like trying to imagine something that was made like really well like the story's good the plot's good the animation is amazing you know and it, it pays off like everything in the film you know and I've, i don't think i've ever seen anything like that i mean for me hey if bound had more action man <clears throat> i would have been okay with that <laughs> i would have been like you know i'm willing to kind of let go of like maybe some of the scripts uh, mess ups if it was more exciting you know yeah um, well i mean yeah I, I briefly mentioned it earlier but i really do think copyright is the golden example where every element is great and it's long and just comes together and works, I think. I think, like, if you really take, like, every single element uh, into account, it probably is, like, the best brick film ever made. Like, Yeah, I've said that before, <laughs> that it's, objectively speaking, the best brick film ever made. Oh, yeah, yeah, copyright, that is amazing. That is really good. I mean, he, and I yet, he improves even more with, like, like, at least the technical side of things in the follow-up, you know? Like, if you could imagine, like, something like a, a follow-up of that like copyright sort of sort of tier quality yeah. with like the animation of and the you know the kind of like technical side of oh what is it called plastic, Books, love. plastic love then again that would be just incredible <laughs> well here's hoping uh, the next one whenever we see it uh <laughs> lives up to our expectations yeah <laughs> um i think that for me the biggest thing that i would love to see in a film is like if a film could capture some of the style of like Lego movie animation, like meaning it's funny how like they cap they took it from brick filmers, you know, they went off brick filmers, but then they made, since it's like computer generated, they made it like way crazier. Right. You know, they're not bound yeah. by being, you know, on a physical set. And then I feel like brick filming again could take some things away from them too. And oh, I yeah. think that well, people have, yeah. Oh, they have. But I mean, like, I think that I haven't seen a really like, good well-made like longer film that's done that and i think if someone did that that would be incredible i, I think, agree yeah i mean i, I think it, it does take a long time for something influential to eventually yeah. get all the way to being in a, a a major major film yeah and i mean for to do that in a, in a lego film every shot would have to be like masked like every shot would oh, yeah. have the character would have to be on a rig and it would have to be treated like a professional stop motion film, um, which is insanely hard. 
<laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels time-consuming enough as it is to just be masking a handful of frames for each shot. <laughs> Could you imagine now masking the whole film? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh my goodness. No. I, I, I wouldn't be doing it anyway. I, you know, I don't mind masking that much. Like, I like it. But Yeah, I, I actually like it as well, but, but only... You not know, that much. <laughs> only a few frames at a time. Yeah, that's why I, I was going to have more horse riding in my video, but I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not adding any more because every single horse shot was masked, and I was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But should we head over to the, uh, the book film showcase? Yes, seems like a good yeah, time. Cool, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so my pick was um, The Machine, which is a uh, 2012 book film by uh, Suburb Anim Studios. Um, so yeah, this one is, um, I guess, something that you'd kind of want to really try and achieve, like technically and, and in terms of animation, yeah. it's um, really quite uh, a work of art. Yeah, um, And it's, it's one of those sort of films that I actually, I mean, I, I knew that it was, it was impressive, but re-watching it for the podcast... I completely forgot, like, how so how kind impressive. of, like, yeah, like, how impressive yeah. it was, you know? And uh, just, like, I don't know, it, it's technically uh, really just such an impressive film. I didn't really oh, have yeah. too much to say, actually, in terms of just, like, other than just, like, how amazing it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the greatest takeaway is to observe the camera movements in yeah. the film and how they serve the story. It's mu- yeah. much more so than most brick films. You know, the camera, is, it's usually moving in, in, in most shots and in just subtle ways. Mm. Yeah. In the right think, ways. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The first shot when he gets, or not the first shot, but one of the first shots when he gets off his bed. Yeah. Um, and, and the alarm clock's going. That pan, when I saw it, I was like, oh my goodness, this feels like butter. Like, it, it it's amazing. And. I can kind of tell. I don't know if you can tell us. It almost looks like there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of frame blending. Can you tell? Oh yeah, that? yeah. It's it's there it's is frame blending. Um, yeah, and, and I don't I don't like that. that I don't look. like it either. But I think that in this case, he did it so well. Like he used frame blending, but he used such a small amount that it actually enhanced like the smoothness where you could barely tell. You get what I'm saying? What? Where a lot of people throw it in, and it like it just looks trashy. But when he did it. When I first watched it, I couldn't tell. Um, and I was like, if, man. I, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure that it's animated at 25 frames per second. Wow. So probably a combination of that and the, and not overdoing the frame blending makes it look better than most frame blended brick films. It's very engaging. But you know what's good about... A uh, good thing about the frame blending, I think, uh, the, the digital camera movements don't stand out. Yeah compared to everything else the one thing i was really or not well another thing that i was really surprised with was the visual effects for 2012 like in the setting were really good because when i was watching it like you can see how foreground elements are in front of the visual effects you know and the visual effects are behind it but like you have to like cut out layers and do all kinds of stuff while the camera's moving yeah. and stuff and that is very difficult and I have not yeah, seen that. Yeah, there's a good behind-the-scenes video for the film, actually. Really? Oh, I haven't seen that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that surprised Definitely me. Definitely worth a watch. And I was like, "Wow, that's really impressive." There was a lot of work done with the uh, multiple plates of things moving in into the one shot. It's, I love the like. Was it like the coffee at the end? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. 
Actually, um, I was actually interested to hear what your thoughts are on, like the the very bit the the end where he kind of the tongue. <laughs> what is what do you think of that? <laughs> Wait, the the what? The, the he's tongue. talking about the tongue at the end. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that was funny. It kind of almost takes you out of it, but since there was like digital eye movement before, I think it's fine. Like I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, looking at it now, I think it is actually quite well animated. If there was more of that in the film, it probably would um, take you strikes out of me. Experience. Yeah, the coffee looks fine on his uh, lip. It actually looks like it's like part of the film in a sense. The tongue looks a little um, cartoony. Yeah, yeah, it looks fake completely, but it doesn't matter. It's Lego. Like what? Yeah, the I, don't know. I think there's enough enough digital going on that it doesn't. Stand yeah, it doesn't so much to me. Doesn't take your experience. Would you say that this is um, a good example of um, a well-edited brick film? For sure. Uh, I think it's a good example of, um, you know, telling the story with no dialogue. Yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess it's kind of a a lot like Wallace and Gromit in the kind of like this whole like machine and everything for Mm -hmm. something is like just like coffee. (laughs) So overcomplicated for such a basic task. (laughs) I love all the gears and everything. And I think it's just, it's done so well at a level that I have not seen in many brick films um, it's pretty incredible I mean uh, you know I could never um, get fed up of um, the whole like thing in films where you know it's this overly elaborate sort of kind of almost ridiculous machine where <laughs> and you get to see every single like step how how it does this stuff I mean I, I, I absolutely love that kind of stuff yeah. you know <laughs> it's hilarious once you get to the end like when I, when I was watching it, I was expecting like something like amazing, and when I just saw the coffee, I was like, "Are you serious? Like you did all that just to like?" Because like, can you imagine making the film, and like you made all that just for the coffee? Like it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I think it's funny how like such a simple concept can be such a good video. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, that's a good thing is because it's a short film with a simple concept. You can put so much effort into all the minor details. That's true. You know the. The set has so much effort put into it. Yeah. Who wants to go next? Penta, you got it or? Yeah. Um. So because we were talking, we were thinking about um the Western film you made. It got me to thinking about Western brick films, and I thought I should pick one. And then I realized that I didn't know that many. <laughs> uh, and really, the only like big one I could think of was America Outlawed, and uh, I kind of didn't want to force everyone to rewatch a thirty-six minute <laughs> film. Yeah. Even though, I mean, it's obviously the the quintessential Western brick film. Uh, but so so I started looking around for other Westerns. And I found one that's just from last year called Lego Gunslinger 2 Devil's Peak by Bliss Film Productions. And uh, I was kind of surprised that I'd never seen it before or heard of it uh, since it's so recent. And it's a pretty major project. It's 10 minutes long. But um, yeah, it's a quite a nice film with a sort of those Brotherhood Workshop esque real e- elements sets, yeah. um, and they're incorporated well and and lit nicely. Oh yeah, and I could criticize certain um technical aspects, like it's, it's mm-hmm. not perfect, but uh, it's certainly a bit a large scale Western brick film, uh, the kind that I was having a hard time thinking of other examples of. Yeah. I think that most Western brick films um, that are longer aren't made at a very uh, high technical level. 
and so it must have been really really hard to find that one. Yeah, I have seen some some longer but choppier ones. Um, I was kind of I, I guess it's kind of I might as well say it because it was kind of funny. But we were when we were trying to find a book film to talk about. We were thinking about picking um a two thousand and nine book film called um Gunfight at the OK Corral, uh, and it's like a, a music video. And to some degree, it was sort of good. Like there were there were, like shots, uh, certain shots you think, oh, this is really good. But then it would be followed by a shot where you kind of think, is it? <laughs> yeah, you're like, is this good? <laughs> it's. I think it's worth watching too. But um, I think when you yeah. compare it to this, and this does a lot of very similar things, but with much better results, I think. Yeah, it does. I love the um, train. Yeah. I just like cowboy films that are on trains. I don't know why. It just makes it like ten times more exciting because most of the time you guys just got guys just shooting at each other on the ground and like duels, you know, gun shootouts, you know, and I think that it kind of like brings a sense of adventure in the video and it makes the video longer but also more expansive Yeah, and I think that's what it makes it makes it like a lot better to me because of that yeah I think that the, the train sequence is super impressive because you need so much scenario yeah every shot has to be a new setup yeah because the train's always moving obviously and I, I I don't think you see many train scenes in brick films no it's it's hard <laughs> I think it yeah. it kind of forces the film to the, the plot uh, to kind of constantly go forward I think like literally and Kind of figuratively, I suppose, well, to train. So yeah. it's it's uh it's and great. who wants to build like thirty sets? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just for a five second like, shot. Yeah, like let's just do a train um scene. You know, we'll just build like a whole world. You know, I guess it kind of reminds me in a way of the last ten minutes of um the Lone Ranger, the the film, which I actually really love. It's like a one of my favorite kind of like films that everybody hates, <laughs> but I absolutely love it, and I think like. My favorite part, by far the best part of it, is the is the end sequence of the train, and uh, you, you can't really go wrong with a fight on the train, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, train sequences make most things better. I've also always loved train levels in video games for some reason. <laughs> they just always seem to work nicely. You just love wrecking people with trains. That's violent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not with trains, but on trains. On trains, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think the other thing that the film does well, like you were saying, was the lighting. Like, the whole time, it seems like it's actually outside. And I think, I mean, the rocks and the actual, like, uh, materials lend well to that, I guess you could say. I think that um, it's, yeah, I think that the, it, it feels hot. Like, the lighting, it makes yeah. it feel like a desert, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it it works really well, you know, I'll see what, I mean, I think it it's lucky that, um, the majority of this film is set outside because that lighting kind of is consistent mm-hmm. throughout the film. And I think it does have a, a few problems in. I think it's like an early scene in um, the in that like office room where it's lit like it's outside, but it's it's really not. You know, it it, it kind of. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some videos. Um, I think this was in Brick Bros older Western video. I'm not sure. I have to go back and watch it. But I've seen a few Western videos and just films in general that are outside. Whereas, like, when the animator or whoever's making it thinks of, like, a hot setting, they, like, make the shot way too yellow. Do you notice that? And yellow looks artificial. Yeah, Yeah, it looks artificial where it's like, guys, if you step outside, the whole world isn't yellow if it's sunny outside. (laughs) Like, it's, you know, the saturation is not that high, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it takes you out of it. I think you're kind of, I guess you associate um, with the white balance. You kind of want to go more on the orange side for if you're if it's like a hotter kind of location, and if it's cooler, you. Yeah, I think it has to be very minimal though. Yeah. Um, like enough where you can like tell, and I think the biggest thing is like I think how bright and how many like where are the shadows. Is like the biggest thing because yeah. that's what that's it's important. like in real life, right? I mean, if it's really, if it's like twelve o'clock, the shadows are you know pretty sharp usually. Um, so I think it just depends on your time of day. Yeah. Um, the way like how how bright it should be, like what color the, um, what color should should it be and stuff. So. I guess um, you know I again I don't really like to criticize too much. I mean, there's a lot of to praise in this film, <laughs> but. I guess if you're going to make a criticism, I think... Just criticize them, okay? <laughs> Tear them apart. I'm joking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think it, it, it relies a little bit too much on um, digital effects. Digital effects, yeah. 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 Like, in particular, there's that scene where the train um, falls, you know, the, the, and then there's that, that massive explosion. And it, it came across as really kind of cheesy, I thought. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, but, I mean, it didn't take you out of it that much because a, like, a lot of stuff in the video is cheesy. You know what I mean? Mm. So it didn't take you out of it, like, a lot. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the train going off the the edge, I was thinking, like, man, this is such an awesome set piece <laughs> in a Rick film. And then there was a digital explosion, I was kind of like, you know... it's. I think it, also... It's not as cool anymore, but it's it's still cool, though. Okay, I don't want to mean... But did you notice that the, like, the picture... Was it just a still picture of the cliff? Like the cliff they went off was just one big picture. Like the oh yeah, the train... I mean, I, I did yeah. I did notice that the train was like digitally oh, yeah. shot, and I, and I didn't mind I didn't mind that so much because obviously it'd be super difficult. To, that's true. That's true. To rig yeah, yeah. that, but you know, it, it would be super good if you had the digital train go off, but then once it touches the ground, yeah. like if you could merge it into real footage, then and honestly, you can make it work. they could have used like. Um, cotton balls or something mm. because yes. that would have worked with the landscape. Yeah, and I think that would have worked That's better. True. And like, you know, just put a lot more light on the set and that. Area. I would have had that really grounded look. That yeah, the it would rest have. Of the, the scene uh, but has. for me, it didn't take me out as much because of the fact that a lot of the video was not practical visual effects. So like, if a lot of it was, then it would have been like, wait, why did you have a practical visual effect and then you had like a digital fi- effect? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna. I mean, I gotta be honest. Uh, I mean, I've seen much. I've seen way worse um, digital effects in brick films, you know. Um, but the the thing I'm noticing, because uh, I'm go- I'm looking at this frame by frame now, um, it they make the mistake a, a lot of brick films do with digital effects, and that is, um, I th- I imagine I think anyway, the actual brick film is 12 fps, and the digital effects are 24. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, you know, it, it looks way way smoother than the actual animation, so it doesn't really match. Yeah, that's partly why I don't do as many visual effects because I have like a lot of plugins for that. Yeah. Um, like a lot of like, I don't know. I bought some pack of like explosions, and I don't like using it anymore because I thought it was like, oh, it's so cool, but then it's like, it doesn't that look not very good because mm-hmm. if, I mean, in theirs they can get away with it a little bit because everything's not Lego, but like, when you're making everything Lego. And then you just have a random visual effect. You're like, it's not always part of the same world, you know? Yeah, but I, I agree about the frame rate. Yeah, you always want your visual effects to match the frame rate of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just <laughs> two different styles. Yeah. But yeah, I like it though. 
I like the It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it has a really good uh, jump scare. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I was and I was watching that because um, when we watched it, um, we kind of watched it like on the chat, and I, it it made me a bit it jump. Like, oh, bloody hell! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I like it because it's really late in the film, and it, it, you know, there's nothing else like it before yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it gets better as it goes along. It, he's probably working on it for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really good film. I, mean, I think it is the the sequel to another one because it's Gunslinger Two. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch yeah. the first one now. The, oh wait, this is oh it's a sequel. Yeah, that's cool. Did we want to move on to the uh, the next one? Yeah. Okay. So I picked the oven, and the reason I picked the oven was because since I had come back to the podcast in a sense, like since I was like on the first one. I picked the oven because that was one of the first brick films that I had seen. Because Smeagol was one of my first like um, people that inspired me, and that's why I picked the oven. And also, when I came back to it, I picked it over Unrenewable because Unrenewable is probably used all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and also because it didn't like they both have a lot of visual effects, but I liked the sets better in this one. Um, I really liked how it like. It made it look like he had a mansion, like inside. And I love the red carpet. I love his fridge. That thing looked like dang looks good. Did you see that? Yeah. The fridge, that was amazing. And then, um, what was the last scene? Or no, the last scene. When he's going to towards the door, he looks outside, and you see the roof, and the roof in the background, and it looks so good. Like for back then, when he made this, when did he make this? It was like 2008. 2009. The, the digital effects in this don't, like, take you at all out of it. Except the first one. <laughs> I mean, everything's CG in the first one. But um, I don't know. I just really liked it. And I liked how he made it a poem. And, like, no one ever makes brick films that are poems. And it it was interesting that it was actually engaging. When if you think of a poem in a brick film, you'd probably be like, it's not engaging at all. You know? I don't know. That's what I really liked about it. And that's why I kind of picked it. Yeah, it was a really strange time, 2008, 2009, when uh, it seemed like set extensions, like digital set extensions, was the way of the future. And now it looks kind of cheesy. It's uh, kind of like, you know, I guess, like 2008 and 9 is kind of like the brick film equivalent of the mid to late 90s <laughs> yeah. in terms of like special effects. Because everybody thought, oh, yeah, you know, we, we have the, te- we sort of have technology. So we're just gonna use it for everything. <laughs> but I was young then, and you know, looking at these brick films by older people like Smeagol and Nick Duran at the time, you got the impression like, oh, when when I'm older and and have the the money and the know-how and all that, maybe I'll be making brick films with digital set extensions and and digital smoke or liquid or whatnot. And now I'm looking back at them, and I'm kind of like, eh, those effects look cheesy. <laughs> I'm thinking of the liquid and non-renewable as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nice that you actually uh, brought up the oven, because I feel like... Because Unrenewable is like by far his most like well-known brick film, at least within yeah. the community. So it's nice For to... good reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I'm, although I'm kind of wondering now um, if somebody like you know finds brick filming now at this stage and, and sees stuff, how likely is it for them to see Unrenewable? Not very likely at all, I don't think. Um, because I know a lot of people that watch brick films, but there's no way they know that what the heck unrenewable is. I mm-hmm. mean, 
It's because there's just so many. And Smeagol, since he doesn't yeah. make films anymore, like Lego videos, it's hard to like fall upon it, you know, unless you're going into the archives and stuff. That is true. The best way to get people to see your old stuff is to make new yeah. stuff. I actually kind of hadn't really thought about it until this point, but I guess there was a kind of almost dilemma that I hadn't even thought about. It's like, when I started brick filming, you know, Bricks in Motion, the forums, was still by far the most, like, the biggest, yeah. where the community was. Um, and since it's kind of, like, gone down, uh, you know, through the years, I feel like, obviously, the, the, our Discord is, like, the main our main hub, really, for Bricks in Motion. So <laughs> yeah, it is. we don't really talk, when, when new members join, we don't really that often kind of have a chance to go, go oh, yeah, you watch this, watch that. Whereas I feel yeah. like with Bricks in Motion, maybe you did come across other stuff more because... You know, you'd see these like well-known people on that would talk. Like you got like, you got Pen, you got Pente, you got you know Smeagol and stuff. You'd see them on the forums, and you'd want to check out their stuff on their profile, yeah. and then you'd come across their stuff. But, like now, um, a lot of the people we you sort of talk to, you don't necessarily even know what they've done. You know, honestly, it's kind of sad because when I first joined Bricks in Motion, it was more active, and it kind yeah. of had this magic in a sense for me, like surrounding it. Where I was like, this is so cool. And like when you go on, like you, I, I kind of miss the old chat. <laughs> like just talking yeah. to everyone and stuff and like talking to Smeagol and like, was it Sloth Paladin, I think? And like talking to just a lot of people about filmmaking helped me. And I think that there's a certain dynamic where like when you get in Discord, you're kind of afraid to talk to everyone sometimes. Well, I think there is the whole thing of, I'm kind of, I'm really glad that a lot of the stupid things I said on, on, um, the old chat um, will never be seen. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I like. That's the but, positive. That's the positive. Yeah, but I think that it's kind of like, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad that I joined the community when I did because it is actually, even though it's what well, you know, like four years ago now, it is kind of like things have changed since then, you know, quite a lot. Yeah. And I feel like if I had joined right now. I would have missed out on that kind of the end of that kind of yeah. era, you know. You would you would have missed out on a lot of it. Yeah. There was a bigger sense of community as a whole in a sense, but now I think we have a bigger sense of community not on Bricks in Motion. So like meaning there's mm. more people that just talk to each other like on Twitter and like it's like a bigger brick film community in a sense but not as personalized. You kind of, I feel, get what I'm trying to say? I think that um People, I think, I think less and less of like, oh yeah, you know, he's from Books and Motion kind of thing. I yeah. think it more now it's kind of like we go from one thing to the other. Like yeah. I spend quite a lot of of um, time on the um, Book Film Day Discord as well, you know. And and I think also is because there's a lot more websites, you know, like Brick a Brack and like Brick Filmers Guild. Um, yeah. Like there's a lot more resources and a lot of stuff everywhere, other places. Sorry, but like. On Bricks in Motion at that time, most people were just go to Bricks in Motion. You know, yeah. that was like the number one place. Like, hey, where do you want to get your webcam from? Look on the resources forums. You know, you know what I mean. Like all that kind of stuff. And I used to do that all the time. But now, like, I go to different places um, because, like, of course, I'm upgrading my equipment. But also because it's less active. Like, there's there's not the same crowd doesn't hang around in a sense. I guess you could say. Yeah as much well, it, it's it's odd because like 
the people active on the site and the people active on the Discord. It's a completely different yeah. crowd. It's like a bunch of like new people that are active on the site, and then like a couple of like older people that have been there for a while. And so it's like kind of awkward because when you go on there, you're like, "Who's that?" And then you go on a Discord, and you're like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" You know? It's like, it's yeah. like, yeah. I, I'm glad that I did at least experience some of that kind of time when the forms was big, and and I, I do I do miss it, but at the same time. I am aware that things change, and sometimes you yeah. know, things change for the better. I think there was a lot of positives you can uh, uh, look at, um, for, you know, sort of from how things have changed. But I'm just it glad is. that I, I I experienced that time, and I, yeah. I kind of I like looking back at you know getting really excited to get the first comment on, you know, on the forums on your on my kind of film thread to try and see if how many stars I, I get, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think. Also, like, during that time, there was more of a personal connection in a sense. I know in that time, that's where I developed a lot as a brick filmer. Like, I went from just being, like, horrible to, like, being pretty <laughs> decent. And I think it's because of, like, so much help and, like, more personal it was. Um, whereas now, I think it, it it is, like, meaning if you'll go on, like, Discord and ask questions, like, people answer them most of the time. Or if you ask people, they'll answer them. But, like, back then, it kind of was, like, you just post in the forum, like, 10 people answer you. <laughs> Yeah. on how to do it and then you're like guys why are you all conflicting answers like you know what I mean but it's like it's, it's just it was just great because you had so many people answering your questions like giving like thorough explanations and like now they will but not near as many um and it's like you'll have a film that will come up and no one will comment on it you know what I mean but since there was yeah. less films then and I think there were more like less films but higher quality I think um and now there's more films, a tiny bit lower quality in a sense. And maybe they're not just lower quality. Maybe we just have way more films and that's why we see more lower quality films. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think just now there's so many more films. Like I can't watch every single one. You know what I mean? Like I can't comment on all these. And I think so it, what kind of happens is people don't even comment at all because they're like, there's too many. Yeah. That did happen. Yeah. So it's a big cause of that. Whereas it used to be like I could go through and comment on every film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think it's kind of bad, but I definitely don't comment as much as I should on on, on brick yeah. films. And it's just, I think it's a, a lot of it is, I do kind of feel at least for this podcast, when it comes to contests, at least I get to talk about a lot of them then. Because if I yeah. if I didn't have this, then there'd be a lot of films I wouldn't comment on, you know? And um, I feel like, I don't know, somehow with the forums, when, when you had the whole like thread for brick films, you would see more people that you wouldn't usually comment comment you know like i would always comment on yeah. most brick films like I, sort of for a while but i just don't do that now you know and i think as well i don't know if it always felt like more special when you got someone outside of like the youtube uh-huh. comment section saying something you know it's true it's true the um what was it um i was wondering about the website is brick motion ever gonna get like um overhauled in a sense like are we gonna ever update the site or well, because I, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I was just wondering, like, for myself, I don't mind that much because I kind of like the the way it looks kind of brings back memories. And like whenever I go on to Bricks and Motions, like I'm going on Bricks and Motion. Like there's a place in my heart, you know what I mean, for Bricks and Motion in a sense, because like there's so many memories tied to it. So when I see the same Bricks and Motion I've seen for so long, like if they change it, it's going to feel a little odd. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've always felt like that would You're be, like, yeah. This is, 
something I wouldn't like to see in a. You're like, a I would kind of like to see it's, it. It's been the same way. Yeah, you're like, I would kind of like to see it redesigned, but then you're like, no, because then you're like, it's not my bricks in motion. You know, it's not the same one I visit like every couple yeah. days. And like, you know what I mean? I feel like if you could somehow just not really change anything, but just kind of just like get a renewed interest and just make it as active as it was, say, four years ago, I'd be happy, yeah. you know? Well, I, I I just, I tried to view everything sort of realistically rather than like wishing, wishful yeah, thinking. Yeah. And I just think that Discord is where, you know, community activity is at in the current well, it, it's day. It's easier. That's, that's okay. It's just mm. so much easier. Like you can be on your phone on Discord and you can be chatting with people. Like it's so much easier. You can advertise your videos on there. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta say, yeah. I do, I do not miss, um, you know, the the whole thing of, you know, when I try, I try and go onto IRC chat on on the phone, and if I try and try and get like, <laughs> when you go away uh, from the tab and it yeah, would be closed, yeah, no. and you'd lose the entire conversation <laughs> you had, and <laughs> if you have a dodgy internet, you just keep getting disconnected, and yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't made for phones at all. It was an absolute nightmare to use it on a phone. Put it on desktop mode, you know, on your phone. <laughs> it wasn't really, like not designed to be used post like two thousand four. Yeah. Well, great chat about the oven. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I guess though, really, kind of to wrap it up, that conversation about, I think it's like what I'm seeing now is kind of like an early nostalgia. You know, it's kind of like. You know, you look back at these sort of things with sort of rose-tinted goggles, and yeah, I, I, I'm happy, I'm glad that I experienced that kind of end of of the kind of like height of emotion. But yeah, at the same time, I'm happy with the way things are now. You know, mm-hmm. I think things have uh, things are. I mean, I'm always trying to say this on the podcast because I'm always trying to kind of enforce this kind of like positive vibe. But I, I do generally think we're in a good place. Yeah. In in brick forming. I mean, we are. We're getting a lot of good brick films every single year and i think it's like we have a good amount of people still helping the community of like people that are first you know starting out and i think it's expanding like it's we're pushing boundaries every single year like brick films and i think like like you said it's going in a good place yeah i mean i do also remember constantly thinking oh the you know there's not enough good, uh, good brick films being made and now i kind of feel like it's the opposite. I'm feeling like, oh, I just don't have the time to watch all these good films. You can't keep yeah. up with all the good films anymore. Well, you know what? The other thing is, too, I think the big issue is more of this, is that good brick films, um, it's hard to find them in a sense because there's so many videos out there. So, like, I'll find a decent amount of good brick films, but there'll be, like, some good brick films that are so unrecognized. Like, take um, Unbridled Mischief, for example. Like, the amount of views on there is like nothing compared to so many other videos that are like just recreations of like Avengers Endgame, <laughs> Captain America fight. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like the videos have like 3 million views, 10 million views, and they have no creativity whatsoever. They're just copies of stuff. You know what I mean? It is kind of interesting to see how like there are a lot of like brick films that get get millions of, of, of views, but then the core community have like no idea what they are. And yet, and yet, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're still talking yeah, about unbridled mischief. So I think there is kind of an, in a way, we are kind of like a community that generally really doesn't care about like the views. Like you can have something that has like 400 views and it's like people. So really yeah, good. people think of it as being like, <laughs> It'll be yeah, remembered. like the best brick film of, you know, 
Well, because, yeah, and it's because you're trying to make something genuinely um, good, like art. You know what I mean? You're trying to make something that's creative and something that you can look back at in your life and be like, hey, that was really cool. And, like, that was hard and, like, not many people can do that. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of the videos out there now are, like, recreations or stuff that's, like, parodies. Yeah. Like, all the time. And they're not, like, pieces of art. It's the same thing with movies, honestly. Most movies are the same now. Um, like, they're just not – they're not good films. They're more just, like, money grabbers. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's – there is kind of a, a thing as well, though. Like, I, I think that the brick film community and the – movie industry is kind of like you can it's, it is very comparable but i think yeah. that in a way you know that there isn't like a, a lack of creativity um within the film industry there's not a lack of creativity in brick filming it's no, no, they're no, all no, just kind of like all. hidden and if you look at like how many great films are made per year and i'm seeing this like brick filming and like actual kind of industry there are way more good films being made now than ever before but they don't necessarily... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to keep That's up. That's true. I think it's kind of like... But like now, then more so than ever before, there's so many more yeah. films because it's like so much more popular that like a lot of videos on YouTube, like really good brick films will get swallowed up by all the videos. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? Like they'll get swallowed up and they'll get like no views and barely any recognition. But hey, at least they get recognition from like the people they actually care about getting recognition from is like other good brick filmers. Like they recognize they did a really good job. Whereas like when you're just getting tons and tons of views, people are like, this is the most amazing video ever. It's like, it's actually not really, but that's okay. But it's still like way better than all the other videos being put out. It kind of just gets like swallowed in the vast sea of just like content. But yeah, I kind of think that, one of the things that's sort of special about Bricks in Motion is that if somebody's like been out of the game for like eight or ten years and they come back, there, there'll be somebody around on Bricks in Motion who knows who they are and remembers oh, yeah. some random film they made. <laughs> it's like well, the I only mean, place where you can get get that. I think it's because it's tied to like memories. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like when you're younger, that's what made your brick films how they are. So it helps in a sense, you know? Um, and like nowadays when I go on Bricks in Motion, there's so many videos that like, it's great. Like I love people seeing making videos, but the problem is there's so many, I barely remember any, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's hard to remember a lot of them. Yeah. I can, I can tell you I understand that. Um, I guess in a way the, the one thing we don't have it that I guess is comparable to like Hollywood is, um, we don't have a really stupid awards ceremony that kind of um reinforces that these like <laughs> videos with millions of views are the best films of the year you know well brick filmers guild well they got stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, i really like the the, the brick filmers guild awards is really important they to, are to have in the community because yeah. you know you, you need something like really central and widespread that recognizes quality and it's it, nice because annually. whenever that comes around um like each year there's a lot of brick films that I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I'm just here, like, yeah. wow, this is epic. Like, okay, subscribe to this channel. You know what I mean? And it, it, it helps you too as a creator because you can see things and you can learn things yeah. off, like, really good brick films. Like, I just, I don't know, it's just, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I really hope that the Brick Filmers Guild Awards is around for a long, long time. Yeah. And if not, hey, we should just start up our own if it's not around. Yeah, we just have to <laughs> but, revive the Bimmers. But, a, a but don't system. do it until... 
unless they stop because they're really good at it <laughs> yeah yeah they have that lockdown oh yeah i do think that uh in, in a lot of ways um you know hollywood should really be looking at us looking at the film <laughs> community because we have actually uh, a good structure in terms of awards award season and you know like uh kind of the films that get recognized because in the end yes you get brick films that get millions of views but within the yeah. community you do have the the video the the brick film with 400 views will be the recognized best. as the best brick film you know of the yeah. year and that you don't necessarily get that with hollywood you know yeah. of course they're <laughs> well, trying to balance don't. it to keep the oscars event being a widespread like you know get a, a large number of views well it's like can you imagine an indie film like being really amazing and it would never get near like the oscars most likely you know what i'm saying yeah like whereas in brick film like you said 400 views is not very popular maybe it's not even you know it's not a high budget of course it's a brick film too but like <laughs> um compared to a lot of other brick films maybe it doesn't the guy doesn't have as near much legos or anything but he just made a way better film and that and you know? a code to get recognized if he submits it yeah. yeah that's nice to have yeah it's nice to have that i mean um it really I'm, motivates me actually like you know when i'm trying to improve some certain aspect i'm kind of thinking like man it'd be nice to to get nominated for a bfg award for this aspect that i'm putting the effort in to try and make better yeah i love whenever one of my films gets in brick films of the month you know yeah i'm just like yes i did it okay i passed you know <laughs> that's it's like for years and years that was like my goal like it was like i i one day i want to make a film that gets like brick film of the month you know and, and for for ages i'd be sort of thinking like oh this maybe this do it like no it's not quite not quite there and then when outman episode five got um the 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 february brick films of the month so i was like well my job is done <laughs> <laughs> you're like retired <laughs> no yeah I'm and, uh, always happy about that because then I'm like, you know, I met a, at least a good standard. You yeah, know? I mean, I'm at, like, I think it's it's. I love that idea of kind of being like, you know, I mean, I'm at this this sort of uh, place right now. Um, yeah. You'll where love it, yeah, where I, I this is where I wanted to be three years ago. You know. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, that's nice. I think as well, it kind of like, um, I almost you almost have like a almost like a, a like a mental list in your head of these are the things that I want to happen in like within my brick filming like brick films i want a certain uh like name to kind of like yeah. sort of um yeah. <laughs> like my films kind of thing and then you know you get like a comment from that person and you think yeah yeah i've done it <laughs> i remember one time it was a huge highlight on twitter i posted like the video of my horse running and david pagano commented and i was like this is amazing i was like <laughs> that made this whole video worth it just for him commenting on that one little scene yeah and i think even for like the like you said the book films of the month like a couple of my videos have been there and after it's funny because whenever i find out that they've been there it's always like me like not even thinking about it so like after i release it i'll be like randomly go to book films of the month and i'm like scrolling through to watch some videos and I'm like wait what the heck that's my video <laughs> and i'll be like oh oh yeah wait i just released that okay yeah yeah when i was making parallel panic i had the thought in the back of my mind sort of like I'll know that this was a success if it gets nominated for the <laughs> FG award and if it gets yeah. featured on the set bump. Those are kind of like the two things I had in mind. Like, you know, this is pretty long and uh, 
wacky, interesting film. Like, maybe it's possible, and, and it managed both, so I was very happy with that. That's awesome. You know, I haven't been on the set bump in so long. Well, it kind of is... I, I don't is think it... it's offline yet, but it's it's <laughs> over. Yeah. Oh, huh. I think they've they've kind of, like, archived what their articles, but I don't think they do anything anymore. It's just... Well, it's, it's still... I think it's still online. Yeah. So it's not it's it not is, exactly it an archive. It's just it's still there. Mm. Although I'm pretty sure that um, everything is saved on archive.org at least. Yeah. One of the things that I think is, is always good to to keep like going is to have um, non brick film content within the brick filming community. Kind of like well, stuff like I guess like podcasts and um, yeah, just like the brick films guild stuff like that, which makes it more expansive. It shouldn't ever just be brick films. I think there should always be like taught the discussions and, and, you know, I, I think there should always be a, a place where, you know, particularly good brick films are recognized, you know? I honestly love the podcasts. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. The podcasts are amazing. And like listening to like, wait, we had forlorn, right? Didn't you have forlorn on here? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I love that podcast. Um, and I also like the brick filmers podcast too. Um, yes guild, yeah, yeah i love those those are those are good too um and i think i've actually listened to more of these podcasts i don't think i've listened to, like the last three of the brick framework skill i just forget <laughs> i just forget oh man wait oh dang i haven't listened to like six of them <laughs> well hey i got a lot to oh wait michael hickok's not listening to that one. Oh, that's really good you should <laughs> no, no, it's good. To i'm kidding i think i actually listened to that one Hey, I used to be obsessed with Michael Hickox. I'm not going to lie. His pizza film. When I, uh, first, when I was younger and I was watching that, I was like, man, how does he make all these characters run at once? And then now I'm like, yeah, it's okay. But I used to be like, this is like the Holy Grail. And then now I'm just like, it's, 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 yeah. No, but his, his appearance on the Victim Was Good podcast, I've seen it mentioned a bunch of times where like people who used to like maybe hate on his stuff, I've seen them say like, oh, you know, I heard him on the Breakfast Good podcast, and he's a really nice guy. <laughs> no, he is a nice guy. The, yeah. the thing oh, yeah, is, for sure. I've always there's an I've always felt this way with Michael Hickox. He always just seems like the most kind of like calm, wholesome kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's always why I've I've always been kind of like um, hesitant to criticize his stuff because you know I think his stuff is always, I've always kind of thought that his stuff is is decent, you know. And I, I've seen his his stuff like behind the scenes stuff with him, yeah. in, and he seems like genuinely passionate about what he's doing he is so yeah i think he is he does i think he is a genuinely um like wholesome uh guy yeah i mean it, it's just a style that like i necessarily wouldn't do but um it's still like good you know what i mean yeah it's but and, like i think he could like make like really really good videos even better than he is but i mean his is a channel like it's his job you know what I'm saying? Like, if it was your job, you got to put videos on, man. And there's, st- oh, yeah. it's crazy how many he puts out. Like, that's actually decent. Like, the quality but, they're at, like, they're still, like, good. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, they're released frequent. And I couldn't do that. Like, no, because I would go so crazy. Like, <laughs> I have to make everything, like, so, like, I don't know. It j- I just take too long. <laughs> but I feel like um, his, his stuff, there's enough interesting stuff in there that the people who, like, really hate on it uh they're, they're i think they're more kind of thinking of people who are like are emulating his style and yeah. not as well yeah and i mean oh, yeah for a little while i was somewhat like annoyed with the videos because they're kind of somewhat the same but i think it was just a while ago and like 
I see the reason why he's doing it and he has to get videos out. But like, um, I think that now they're a lot higher quality than they used to be. Yeah, I um, agree. Because he's so, just yeah. gone. You know what I'm saying? He's gotten so much better even like somewhat recently um, that they're just at a certain higher quality. I mean, I don't watch them as much, but I barely watch any Brit films anymore. <laughs> I, I saw the one he most recently put out and I could really tell that like, you know, he put yeah. a lot of time into that one. It was a noticeable step up. I kind of just like how, um, I think it was the, the latest pizza delivery film. I just kind of like how surreal it was. Like, there was, I don't know, there was so much, like, kind of just, like, interesting concepts, like, throughout it. And I, I do think that there were some elements we hadn't really seen from him before. Like, I liked the, the kind of, there was more of a cartoony element to it. Well, and... he's refining his work. He's re- He gets yeah. it refined. You know? The stereotype of his work would be, like, oh, at high angle all the time, which it used to be. But in the most recent pizza delivery film he made, the, the camera angles are, you know, interesting well i think he's like i said i think his work is more refined than it used to be and i think that's partly because now like now he probably has dragon frame where like he used to not have it i I don't know how big of a difference that would make fundamentally well the reason why is because what happened is when you're like at least i've noticed this when you don't have any capture process i feel like a lot of your stuff gets like robotic in a sense like meaning if I want to make this good I need to follow the same walk cycle you know what I'm saying hmm. and it's harder to do that when you don't have a playback because you can't even see what it looks like but if you ever already have a set rules you already know what it's going to look like I mean yeah I, I do like I like to say that um getting better equipment won't inherently make your films better but I kind of think that getting dragon frame does kind of make your stuff inherently better <laughs> I mean if you're good enough well, I think it. I think all it does, really, since you can see the animation, like it, it avoids. It makes you avoid making mistakes, mistakes as much, you know, because if you're just shooting raw, it's a lot harder. Because then you got to redo the whole shot, you know. Yeah, I mean, it gives you the capability to really fine tune the animation and get the timing just so exact. Yeah, it's true. As long as you you think about such things. Yeah. To begin with. Okay, back to what we were on. We were talking about Bikram was good. Well, I think technically we're still uh, under the, the topic <laughs> yeah. of the oven. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the pizza delivery. It's kind of like the oven. <laughs> I think at this stage we'd have to declare the most recent pizza delivery to be the uh, Brick Film Showcase pick. <laughs> we talked about it more than the oven. We even talked about Unrenewable more than the oven. That's kind of true. Sorry, sorry, Smiggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess in a way we've we've had quite a good a good episode I think here. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think we've we've reached a sort of yeah. natural end already. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's let's, let's drag it on for another twenty minutes, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. It's not gonna be one of those podcasts, is it? <laughs> let's talk about the evolution of the pizza delivery films from the first one, right? <laughs> <laughs> How many are there? Aren't there like eight? There's, yeah, there's eight. Uh, oh my and, goodness. Uh, Bro, I barely have eight films on my channel. You just got like eight <laughs> pizza deliveries here. Well, that's over ten years, though. Oh my... Yeah, but that's By crazy, now. man. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, great to, to, have, to have you on again, actually, yeah. You're welcome. It, it's been fun, to say the least. Even though I've been sick, it's okay. It's been <laughs> yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to talk to you guys, because I have not talked to too many people recently on the Brick Filming community. Like, I've been on Twitter and stuff, but, like, actually talk to people, not that much. I've been kind of off for a while, so. 
Well, yeah, it was it was quite it was a uh, honor having you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, in a new, in a new context. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. See you.